Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, it's the first full day of President, quote, Biden's administration. And he takes aim at undoing everything Trump did and then some. So here we have the pendulum swing. This is what I always thought about Trump is that he was it wasn't that he was pulling the pendulum back. It was more like he was drawing back the arrow, but then it would let fly. And in particular, I always thought it was about globalism. But literally in the opening article today of the Wall Street Journal talking about how Biden normally a new president does one executive order at the most. He did 15 executive orders, two executive actions yesterday and expressly said that it was designed to undo everything Trump had done. And for me, that's your classic problem reaction Um solution kind of operation. And I mean, I can tell you the specifics, but that's my overall feeling about it. Yeah, absolutely. He's trying to make that stamp on that first day. This is what the new administration is going to be like. This is how this operation is going to be run from here on out, because normalcy and empathy and respect is now in the office. That is true. But there's also meat on the bones. It's not just optical, I think. And and one thing that I noticed, I I had asked yesterday, I tweeted, I'm actually about halfway through the answers. I don't think I've ever, I know I've never gotten this many responses this fast, but I said, what are three things that you liked about what Trump did. I'll tell you more about it in the Patreon 15, but a big part was exposing the media. Like that is, I'll tell you some details about that afterwards and what I think about that. But as far as the specifics, they talked about defunding the World Health Organization. People like that about Trump. They, they really liked that he exited the Paris Accord. That was one of the things they liked the most about, <laughs> about what he did. His deregulation, that was something that was a big plus for what Trump had done. The wall, the Muslim ban. And as I read through the executive orders from Biden, they literally had most, if not all, of those items. So there, he's going to cease the withdrawal from the World Health Organization. He's rejoining the Paris Accord. He's he is having his regulators uh, identify 103 different Trump actions that they're going to reconsider. They've already revoked the Keystone XL pipeline permit. He is stopping the wall. He reversed the travel ban from certain Muslim countries. And uh, the one thing that every president does on the first day of office, if there's a change in party, is reverse the Mexico City rule, which is about, I guess, foreign government agent, our foreign work allowing abortion, paying for abortion. So he allows it. Republicans don't allow it. But it but it's there's two overarching things about the executive orders that I think is important. One is that. Uh, look at how that that is one. The executive orders are temporary. They're not lasting. So you can't really consider it an administrative success if and I remember in business school, someone said that the the real success, the real um, measure of your success as a leader is not how you leave the company, but what the company looks like a couple of years after you're gone. Yeah. So if if you haven't really set it up 
to be what your vision was, what your strategy was, you haven't really contributed to the company in that kind of a way. And I, I feel like that's that. But also it points out what weird power the president has to do this kind of stuff. And I, and I believe executive orders are just, I mean, they just aren't in the constitution and the, the executive executes the laws of the legislature. And that's why when I was thinking about it this way, I realized that Kamala is actually much more powerful than Biden right now, or would be if constitute, if our constitution actually delineated the roles these people have, because she is the top legislator in the country now, or the most important legislator in the country in that she will, she will cast the tie breaking vote in the Senate. And and Biden really shouldn't have these kind of powers and her power will be lasting. Yeah, they featured her sitting at the head of the Senate a lot today in the news, showing her new position of power. And she looks like she's reveling in it to me. (laughs) And she was wearing purple at the inauguration, which looked so much more, felt so much more like a coronation to me, as I mentioned. It was a really strange coronation. Definitely. It was weird. But uh, I know. One thing I wanted to, as far as that, like the vibe of that, what Trump, what Biden said in his speech, and I know you have more on this speech, but the thing that stood out to me is that he, this is a quote I read in the journal, we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, and conservative versus liberal. And it was so interesting to me. Conservative versus liberal, red versus blue. That's the same thing. We get it. Yada, yada. That's always the way it is. But he didn't say black against white or rich against poor. He said rural versus urban. And I have identified that for the longest time. And I ever since we talked to Ice Age Farmer, I'm 100 percent convinced that it's not the Second Amendment that those people are Second Amendment. Those people exercise their Second Amendment in a real way. And and that's going to be hard to overturn because they have the guns. They use it for self-defense. They're ranchers. They protect their property from animals and stuff like they really need their guns. And that's, you know, part of the culture that this country was built on, a la Patrick Henry. But the fact that they can impart to us this cultural Uh, This individual autonomy by growing food. I mean, I just I cannot emphasize enough how they are the real target of the Trump psyop, in my opinion. And I think Biden's words really confirm that for me. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. Yeah, there were a few other executive orders of note. Did you cover the mask mandate executive? Oh order? no, I didn't. Go for it. Yeah, he he signed a federal order requiring mask on federal property nationwide, and a social distancing mandate on federal lands in federal buildings and for federal employees and contractors. And he set up a COVID office that's going to report directly to him as well. And. 
And I think airlines and trains and travel yes. is interstate. Yeah, is going to have that. And what I found notable is that he wants to work with states to bring those kind of policies to the state level that the feds yes. can't do directly. Yeah, he encouraged the states to follow in his footsteps. So we'll see if that happens or not. He also, during his inauguration speech, echoed a theme, which we then heard echoed all over the media and in Congress even. And that is the theme of attacking and getting rid of this domestic terror threat that is white supremacy. (laughs) Now, I don't know anybody who likes white supremacy. No one. I don't know a single person that likes white supremacy. The problem is, though, is what is this definition of white supremacy? And we have seen that it tends to be anybody who disagrees with the overall agenda that the people in power right now, the media, are pushing, that they can twist anything you say or do into being a white supremacist thing. And I want to highlight one in particular effort that is being taken up in Congress to eliminate white supremacy. We, we did a Rockfin video last week where we covered some indivisible talking points for 2021, what they're going to be doing. And attacking and getting rid of white supremacy via legislation was one of the themes that they had. And here we have today, we have House Oversight Committee Chairwoman request FBI probe of Parler, including its role in capital siege. Representative Caroline Maloney of New York says she's planning to launch an investigation into the conservative site's policies, ownership, and alleged Russia ties. Hmm. In her letter to Director Ray of the FBI, she requested that the FBI conduct a robust examination of the role that the social media site Parler played in the assault, including as a potential facilitator of planning and incitement related to the violence, as a repository of key evidence posted by users on the site, and as a potential conduit for foreign governments who may be financing civil unrest in the United States. So they're saying all of the chatter, the incitement on the platform, they need to investigate that to see what their role was in causing that. And they need to investigate other sites as well. Anything that's right wing conservative. And I'm going to point out again that all of these parlor comments are removed. So who's going to have access to it? They're going to have access to it. The public is not going to have access to it. You can't even delete your old tweet if you feel bad about it or whatever they call it when you post something on parlor. But she said that this committee is going to be going after similar sites and it's going to be a top priority to learn answers about parlor, including its alleged ties to Russia. So she's now tying it to Russia. Now, the reason Parler is tied to Russia is because it's on a Russian-owned web services platform called DDoS Guard. Now, that platform is like internet infrastructure. It's like the, you know, the basic bones of the internet. The only reason it's on that site is because it got kicked off of everything else, and that site offers protection against cyber attacks. And Maloney made it clear that studying Parler is going to be the top priority of this oversight investigative panel. This is exactly what their theme is going to be, is to go after these right wing or whatever conservative outlets and shut it down because they want a silent speech. John Brennan also appeared on MSNBC to promote a similar theme where he said that we're going to be going after domestic terror. He included a long list of types of groups that are domestic terrorists, one of them being libertarians, libertarians, (laughs) white supremacist, domestic terrorists, according to John Brennan, who is a communist. That's where we are right now. (laughs) So did he say why? Because they uh, they incite violence. It's a theme around inciting violence, speech that's dangerous, not protected. 
there's where you're, you care about your definition, because a lot of libertarians define themselves by the non-aggression principle. Yeah. But that folds in, in my mind, to this story I read about the Portland rioters who damaged an ice building yesterday. It, it was called uh, the J-20 protest, and it was an Antifa, I guess. I don't, I don't know if they actually called it Antifa. I saw Antifa in one of the reports of it. It was a demonstration against Biden and police and all that. And my, my feeling about why they were immediately rolling that out is they need to keep the tension up. They need to keep the not my president, uh, boogaloo boys or whoever who they're so it's a kind of anarchy v anarchy spy versus spy black versus wife like antifa is kind of an anarchist thing not in a good way in my opinion it's probably like a communist type thing but but as if if the government is perceived to not be putting them down because they're intimidated by it or they like what they're after the official government then you have the rebels who feel like they are the real heirs to the throne because trump really won and that what they're paying for in government what they consent to govern they're not getting because antifa isn't being put down isn't being resisted isn't being countered antifa is um orchestrating is initiating the aggression and all these guys are doing are adhering to principles of self-defense and will help others who willingly voluntarily ask them to defend themselves. But what it actually looks like and really might amount to, and I know that people say this is a dirty word, it's not necessarily a dirty word, but it's vigilantism. And that will keep this undercurrent of stress and violence in the subculture behind the scenes to be trotted out whenever. And certainly just, you know, uh, people feel like they kind of know about it. It won't necessarily be splashed across the headlines. It might be, but it's there for the strategy of tension and, and a little bit more. Yeah. And amping up that strategy of tension from the foreign policy website. This is one of the the think tanks, I think it's associated with the Council on Foreign Relations, put out an article titled, It's Time for Justice, Not Healing, and gave three lessons from South Korea on how the United States needs to move forward with the Biden administration. And the first lesson is this. Do not give an inch to the anti-democratic forces. And they go on to explain how South Korea handled it. They say, having cut their politics and risking their lives battling right-wing dictatorships, the South Korean liberals understood that those who reject democracy are not amenable to civil persuasion. So they can't be persuaded. Right-wingers cannot be persuaded. The Biden administration must approach the Trumpian legacy with the same level of determination. And it goes on to say that the Trump supporters who sacked the Capitol would sooner abandon democracy than accept the fact that their leader was on the losing end of the process. If the United States is to remain a democracy, those anti-democratic forces must be defeated. So what are you reading? Those were snippets from an article titled It's Time for Justice, Not Healing that is on foreignpolicy.com right now. The basic idea is that South Korea, they had a right wing dictator. They once they got him out, they didn't try to work with them. They eradicated them from the government and they eradicated that sentiment because that sentiment cannot be persuaded. And Biden needs to do the same thing so to the Trumpian sentiment. Is recommending this. Yes. This is their recommendations and what yeah. Right. Who wrote yeah. it? Can you see who wrote that article? 
Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, gluten-free brownies, I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash products. Report. It's a guy named S. Nathan Park. Okay, he so it is, sounds like a Korean guy, but it doesn't sound. I was wondering if it was somebody like Tony Blair, you know, like somebody big who has really had the authority to make recommendations. You know, yes, yeah, an attorney at a Washington, D.C. based firm and an expert in East Asian politics and economy. Yeah. And the second lesson, he says, from South Korea is to recognize that the structural forces that gave rise to this moment, to recognize what they are and to dismantle them. And the United States version of this. Let's talk about that. Is the Trump years and the conservative media sphere that thrived in disinformation. Yeah. So this is where everybody who doesn't recognize the true nature of of the forces that are shaping our world today lose me libertarian you know podcasts i like that when they start trying to figure out the psychosocial dimension of why people from this desperate place are reverting to tribalism or whatever i just i cannot deal with it because we've seen the plotting over time of how they mean to create the identity politics so that it can be tribal rather than ideological so that both sides battle for the same ideology just to be bestowed the benefits on their group, in which case, as soon as the changing of the guard happens, the other group gets the value and no justice is done to either side. So I cannot stand that. It's so That's obvious, too, when propaganda. you see that, but when yeah. you see that as soon as the other group's in power, they just they completely contradict what they were just saying right before they came to power. The rules apply to, right. to right. everybody else, but not to us. Right. So what's this, the third one? Yeah, the. Uh, he, he said that those right wing forces need to be marginalized into irrelevance by any legal means possible. And then his third lesson is to do not flinch at the accusations of partisanship or infringement on freedom. Don't flinch at those. Wow. That's basically what I was just saying. Yeah. Like You're just going to flip the thing and nobody's going to have justice. And he's like, that's fine because we're on top now, which reminds me. When I, I've talked about this, I've mentioned this conversation I had numerous times. I'm sure people will remember when Trump first took office and I was in the presence of some like super liberal, successful lawyer guy that everybody was worshiping. And he was saying how it is the job of the GOP elite to get those Trumpians in line, no matter what. It's outrageous. And I said, so you don't believe in democracy anymore. And he said, basically, yeah, I don't. I heard Tucker Carlson say the almost exact same thing two nights ago. He was saying how it is the job of moderate Democrats to rein in those fringy socialists in the party right now. I don't care. We're willing to cross the aisle and work with moderate Democrats. It's like, really, that's bad. This is a guy who says he only votes Democrat, by the way, in some little hidden video. Oh, wow. Uh, or un, un, mm, not talked about video, let's say. It's not really hidden. But that the... The idea is 
the same. I mean, you just see these themes rolling out each time, the schisms, the dysfunction, but always we march towards centralization and globalization. I mean, that is what's happening. There's no way around it. So, uh, let, oh, by the way, well, anyway, let's change gears a little bit. Um, I thought it was funny, something you said about the, uh, <laughs> the secret message in the White House. Oh, yeah. There is apparently on the back end of the White House website, you know, if you click around by accident and hit like control something, it'll show the the kind of the coding on the back yeah, of the yeah. website. Within the back of the website on the White House's page, this is a new message, a secret message exists that says, if you're reading this, we need your help building back better. Oh, that is actually really interesting. So they're asking hackers or coders to join the fight, right? That's exactly what it seems like, because only somebody who is either does it by accident or knows how to do that is going to see it. And the fact that it's the build back better thing kind of folds into what we were saying the other day about Tim Cook's like, let's get underprivileged children of color coding. And and coding yeah. what Alison McDowell would say, the the future virtual prison, but the build back better is part of that. That actual phrase, I think, is very specific. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that, that's, that's a, I, I, I've done a lot of research on him since then, which I, I'm not going to bring it all right now because it, it's, it's pretty extraordinary stuff. But he's been pushing this one world language of coding more important than any spoken language for years now. This is his central message that he delivers. He's been advocating for having children learn coding from grade school all the way up for at least half a decade or so. And yeah, it is going to be a little bit of digital enslavement, but there's also the angle of the people who create all these bots and who create who get involved in this computational propaganda, which is what in the digital verse, when you create all this AI that it infiltrates people's programs and stuff. These are this is who makes the coders code this. They make this stuff. So he's creating an army. He's even called it an army of coders, but he's creating an army of people he could use to create bots, AI that could just like you've talked about before, they could create a, f- a false reality. Someone thinks they're communicating with a bunch of different people, but they're all actually personalized, specialized bots. He's creating an army of children that could create things like that. I think that things like that are higher level. I think the children are for the stuff that McDowell was talking about. I think the children are there to build like this vast world. But that stuff, well, yeah, be, that, yeah. that stuff is the stuff that like the Google birds of a feather people are building. So is it, it would it be comparative to the, the workers who are building the buildings in the streets? It's like, do you ever play Minecraft? I've seen people play it. Yeah. yeah. The kids are actually doing that. They're yeah. building the world. Yeah. I mean, not in, I don't think it's actually Minecraft yet, but like Pokemon Go, it was like just playing it builds it. Yeah, just yeah. Playing it populates the virtual world with digitized environments. Right. So they're, they're being enslaved in that. They're just, they're the, yeah. they're the workers on, on the streets. Just the wor- they're just yeah. the bricklayers. Yeah. They're not the foreman. You're talking about the foreman and you, and you, that has been going on in this book I'm reading for like 60 years, something crazy like that, that they've been since before Vietnam, they've been that exact stuff is what the military invented computers to do. So 
I think these guys are just the slaves. Big shout out to LibertyGear.net, an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies masks, and lots of other funny, weird stuff to lighten up your day. Even if you wouldn't choose to wear a mask, many businesses and governments require them. Might as well use the device to reach out to like-minded people in your community and make them smile at the same time. Even if you don't want to buy anything right now, look through the merch. Chances are there's something there that will give you a much needed laugh in this crazy world and if you're looking for something you don't see keep in mind they love new ideas and they take requests for custom gear just email them through the site so please support a fellow liberty lover and propaganda report fan you probably know and love and get 10 percent off all merchandise with the promo code propaganda all lowercase only at libertygear.net did I tell you that LibertyGear.net made a hilarious T-shirt for my son, who my special son, who thinks he's a werewolf hunter, and he actually took his the little face from his the, our Christmas picture and made him into is kind of like the Witcher. Oh, so now yeah. we all have T-shirts of my son's little face as a werewolf hunter. It's That's really, awesome! Really, really awesome, and we are Scooby. None of like my kids or nobody's gonna wear it, but like. My brother and my mom, like my mom will love it. Yeah. Like she'll actually think it's cool. And I think it's silly. And of course, my son just, lo- I mean, he's just. Oh, I'm sure he, he loves it. He thinks he's a werewolf on yeah, now. Like, that's, that's awesome. It. It's really funny. So you can basically have them do anything you want. Anyway, so there's some uh, little COVID news, little COVID news. So. Grocers are paying employees to get vaccinated. So Aldi is, which makes me crazy that Aldi is like a thing because we always had the best grocery (laughs) stores in the world. They kept going bankrupt. That is true. But for us to adopt European grocery stores, that kind of just drives me crazy. But anyway, so we have the uh, Aldi and they are giving people paid time to go get the vaccination, but also two dollar, two hours worth of pay per shot. And I feel like Uh-oh. I understand they don't want to mandate, uh, but that's quite a responsibility. I, that's quite a responsibility to tell people to do that. I remember I I I said to my mom, how are they going like, to feel when somebody dies? That's my that's first what I'm thought. saying. Yeah. Like my mom's like never recommend drugs to people like pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Because they they could hurt them. I'm like, oh, OK. So, yeah, don't, you don't want to be responsible for that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, and they're doing it. So, and others, others will follow suit. And I wonder what the demographic of people who work at Aldi is. I wonder what percentage of them are in that vulnerable demographic. It's you know what it's you're what you're saying is making me think. Just like my friend who's a nurse's aide getting it, and all the people the front lines. It's not so much that it's the health demo that is obvious to me. It's the it's the economic demo. Yeah, Rich people point. are not going to have to do it. If you if you have a brain job, you can Zoom. Yeah. But if you're a manual laborer, those people stocking the shelves are are probably don't have a lot of as many options for other employment. That's crazy. It is. It was only a matter of time, though, before they started paying. I'm surprised that they didn't start offering that. Like, I'm surprised that wasn't part of Biden's pitch that it will pay you to take the vaccine if I'm. Oh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if that comes. But uh, I did see more of what you were talking about. Was it yesterday about changing the PCR protocols? Yeah. That just mm-hmm. cracks me up. I, I saw somebody and I retweeted it, an article that said, that the World Health Organization is recommending not one positive test, but two plus symptoms before you get a positive diagnosis. And to me, this could not be more in lockstep with the rollout of the vaccine. If that, it just could not be more obvious in, yeah. in my mind. The timing of it is is undeniable. And I read the World Health Organization, the info, and I, I read some of the stuff on the CDC page too. It's the, the the language used is a little hard to understand the medical terminology, but it seems to me that, yes, that you're going to have to be it's going to be a lot more requirements before you are officially labeled covid positive. And it appears that they'll be changing the way they analyze the threshold site, analyze the test, oh, meaning a oh, potentially right. lower threshold cycle because of the concern <laughs> over false positives, which we've been saying for months. Although if you said it a few months ago, you could get kicked off of, of the platform. You, you could get in trouble. You're a conspiracy theorist. Everything that has happened the past year has been based on the results of those faulty tests, the faulty results of a faulty test, or at least the way they analyze the test. The billion of dollars spent to shut down the face mask, everything, the vaccine, all of it based on that. Yes. And I would go further and say now I read another article that said in China, there's a resurgence of COVID. They're seeing the new strain. They're returning to draconian measures. So not only did that whole case demic thing, highly manipulated, stimulate all of those policies, the policies themselves made absolutely no difference. It feels like cold and flu season happens. It happened that it happened last year. It's going to happen this year. And there and I mean, you can just look at the example of California and maybe New York. I don't pay as much attention to New York, but California has had the most draconian rules and now is experiencing the greatest resurgence. China also had the most. We were supposed to pivot to totalitarian technocracy because of China's example in eradicating COVID. Yet when cold and flu season rolls around, guess what? They're getting colds and flus. Absolutely. My question is this. Had this new testing threshold or the way they're, they're determined what a positive case is, had this been in place from the very beginning, would we even be in a pandemic? My guess is probably not. Would any of these measures be necessary? Probably not. What are we vaccinating for? Why are we not waiting to see how the cases roll out under these new measuring standards to continue the vaccination. The vaccination still, the push continues despite the CDC, the World Health Organization, quietly adjusting the way the coronavirus is tested. It's unbelievable. In that same vein, a doctor from America's frontline doctors, this is a group of doctors that challenged the COVID prevention strategy on uh, at the Capitol. They got a lot of coverage. They were called disinformation. Dr. Simeon Gold, this was a female doctor. She was arrested during, she was arrested yesterday at due to her role in the connection with the insurrection on January 6th. According to the criminal complaint filed against her, federal authorities were tipped off by the pair by her attendance by the Washington Post article. And Washington Post did an article about her, so the FBI started investigating because she attended the article. Not the article, attended <laughs> the Capital Sixth rally. And then it kind of vaguely says she might have been inside, but to arrest someone based on a Washington Post article that because she was at the rally? I mean, this seems like a targeted... 
I, I don't know Perch. what her story is. I never looked into her story as I've been reading and tweeting articles that I've read of people who have gotten arrested. I mean, at least nine out of 10 of them seem absolutely screwy to me. Nine out of 10 yeah. of them have where the person either was working for the government or was in trouble with the government. It's just there's and their stories, they their Facebook posts, whatever, seem to announce these intentions and these actions that we really didn't see evidence of at the time. So there, the, the, a lot of these people are getting arrested are validating what I consider to be a false narrative. I don't know about her in particular, and I don't know what her role was. I remember hearing about it, but I never dug into it about the COVID thing. So, I mean, some people are for sure legit and they're going to be abused, yeah. but I, it's hard to sift out these stories, I feel like. Well, the Washington Post sought her out for an interview. And Recently? then they... They, no, they, this is what the FBI arrested her for is because she interviewed oh. with the, so the Washington Post set her up. And not to mention, it makes you not want to tell your story. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't want to put out Anne's video. So, there, yeah, right. That's a, which is great. That's great. We did not do that. So there's all these journalists who are also attending the rally, mind you, finding <laughs> random people to interview and then taking these interviews and saying, hey, FBI. Once you check out that article, we got someone you might want to look. I mean, this is unbelievable. Not to mention things like attending it or um, posting stuff or whatever is not or breaking curfew. Like the things they're getting arrested for. This is why I can't stand stuff like hate speech crimes and all those kind of things that it, it doesn't matter. You have to have a criminal act and the intention to commit that act. That's what justifies an arrest. These kind of ancillary, even conspiracy in itself, to me, isn't real or resisting arrest. Like these are not underlying crimes. So I don't I I would get rid of all of that stuff. I mean, that to me is also a red flag that there's nothing real there. And and that is, a, I think, a real and incursion into our civil rights yeah it's starting to be more and more like minority report i know we say that a lot oh yeah that's i mean that was predictive programming but when you when you can classify groups as terrorists and you can violate their rights yes of course the slippery slope from gitmo and everything else i mean i've fought that fight against the republicans because that's why i like i don't have that much sympathy i'm like i told you trump doesn't yeah. defend the constitution you're not gonna have any ground to stand on and the patron 15 i want to tell you something of interest to you binkley i think of who who's taking hollywood and uh and what the tell is there and a little bit about the what people like about trump's legacy they, that they tweeted at me Oh, great. And I will tell you about what Hunter Biden was doing yesterday, how the media was covering him. We can... Does Tubin have anything to do with it? Maybe. (laughs) You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We also do virtual parties there, lots of fun stuff. And we do video deep dive podcast on Rockfin at rockfin.com. So you can check that out as well. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Yeah.